Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Second hour is here. Bobby Carpenter will be with us in 20 minutes from OutKick.com, college football analyst, uh, football analyst in general. We'll hit the gridiron with him in 20 minutes from now. Uh, 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Got the outdoor series, uh, stadium series between the Nashville Predators and the Tampa Bay Lightning. That takes place tomorrow evening at Nissan Stadium on uh, national TV. Uh, So if you're into the outdoor stadium series, Paul and I have attended this uh, at Yankee Stadium. This was 2014, I think, uh, between... The Islanders and the Rangers. It was outstanding. I had my doubts. Now, not about the venue, did. not about the venue, but just about if you're a, if you're trying to go to actually watch a hockey game, is that possible? Yeah, and we both anticipated yes. that part would suck. We said, "Hey, it's a night at Yankee Stadium. It was my birthday. Uh, we're in New York. You'd not been to Yankee Stadium I had before." Not. We said, "Of course, we'll go check it out." But we thought the hockey part would suck, <laughs> and it didn't. I mean, it's not it's not as difficult as you may think to to sit up top and and watch the game. It's it's a cool experience. It's a cool experience for a one off. That's what we'll say. And if you're if you're attending that at Nissan Stadium, or if you're thinking about across the country eventually getting to one, it's it's worth the price of admission to go check that out. And we didn't pay. We'll say it's worth we the price of admission for two guys who it, I, for but, free. But yeah, that's fair. But having seen it, like I would have, <laughs> I, I would Let's, recommend. I would have said the exact same thing. Yeah, to be fair, I, would, I would recommend to Chad who did not get in for yeah, free that he should have bought a ticket. Go. That also, night. to be fair. We pay for nothing. <laughs> I just want that. On, I know. To be fair, I, I've got the Suns Lakers game on the docket in in ah. Phoenix on uh, March thirteenth, and I am not finding a freeway in. And I may be I, shelling out. I'm going to turn off a lot of people right now. I'm but trying I, every connection I, I know. To the I don't NBA. care. I don't care if I turn a lot of people off right now. I can't remember the last time I paid for a ticket to a sporting event. <laughs> I've that, not paid for a ticket to anything. That's what should be making it easier for me to show out for this game. Concert, right? sporting event. I can't remember the last time I paid for a ticket. I'm with you. but Well, I've paid for That's for, not a movie. For plays. I, I pay to go to the movies. But that's about it. Shouldn't that make it easier for me to suck it up and pay for this Lakers-Sun game? We're not NBA fans, right? But we're going on a family vacation. This will be our first day in Phoenix. We're getting ready then to go to the no, Grand it, it Canyon. It makes it harder, and all It makes it money. worse. No, I think it should make it better because we've saved a lot of money not paying to go to a lot of events. So when I have to suck it up and pay 130 a ticket for three no. tickets to this, no. I should be able to say, well, I haven't paid for a lot of events, so this time I can pay. Maybe it should be that way, but I'm but telling you, not. when you don't pay for something for that long, it gets harder and harder to fork over the money to pay for an event. Uh, I, I yeah, become, all my colleagues say it sucks paying for I've tickets. I've become so you know, stuck up in certain ways you about really certain are. things that uh, last night Hutton and I were at this, this radio event, and there was a line to get in, 
And I walked walked up to the back of the line. I just turned around and said, "We're not waiting in line for anything." <laughs> and we went right back. That's down. how we saw Nick. We went right back downstairs to the the lobby bar, grabbed a drink, and that's where we saw well, Nick. You, you and I almost waited in line to like, go see the that. sunset in Santa Monica, and we were like, "No, nah, can't nope. do it." Sorry, not going to do that. We're not going to wait in line to see my, the sunset. I got in with my sister a few days. But well, we saw the sunset. We just yeah, did it. Just oh, not yeah. from this. We did patio. it on the beach. Um, that, that was much not, more romantic. Yeah. That was a couple of weeks ago in Los Angeles, and uh, Dylan Taylor, uh, former production assistant of Outkick 360, um, is now full time with us and the show. How uh, old are proof, you? Yeah, how old are you, Dylan? Just turned 23. He's 23 years 23 old. Congratulations, uh, Appreciate it. Our Good producer age. for the Outkick Network, and Dylan flew for the first time. And not only but did we he, didn't know that. Not only did he fly for the first time, um, he flew solo. Like we, the three of us left. On a separate flight, we were on a Southwest flight, and I think Dylan, you threw, uh, flew Delta or I flew American. American. He's an American. Well, Dylan guy. got in both before us and left after, after us. After. Were you intentionally avoiding us because it was your first time and you didn't want to see us? Well, American was just the first ticket I saw and the cheapest, but well, was, so, it wasn't well, my money. It was well, Fox money. So. Yeah, it was Fox, and 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 he was not avoiding us. He was scheduled. Very frugal of you, by the way, to yeah. say Fox yeah. that money. Good job. He was scheduled <laughs> to go out a day in advance. Right. To and set his up. flight was canceled. And so he he left the same day we did, um, but flew for the first time. Nervous, like talk us talk us through uh, at twenty three. You just and feel free to embellish a little. Yeah, and, and and yeah, let's let's first let us know your your overall thoughts driving to the airport. Which I'm sure have you ever been to an airport before? No, no. So you, come, I mean, you're solo. Come, come you never picked anyone up. You never, you never pick someone, someone up someone from up. the airport. No, that's a binding now, social contract. You're from a town that's what an hour and a half. From About the closest airport? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that would make sense. No so most of your guests driving? Yeah. It's Corey. Corey Taylor, our field tech now, was my personal driver for the day. Oh, so and he's I, pre- I he'd felt, be perfect for this. Felt fancy. Yeah. Um, so so in Lynchburg, there's just no trips that are worth flying to? Is that the idea? Or you drove everywhere if you were going on a trip? There's nothing in Lynchburg, no. Well, so I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's Jack there Daniels. Is, Jack is Jack there. Daniels. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's have you ever big. taken a bus? Yeah. Bus trip. Okay, tell us. So you walk no train. You walk into the airport for the first time ever. Rickshaw. <laughs> Were you? Was it easy? It at twenty three. If I wouldn't have. Did had, you watch a YouTube video? <laughs> no. <laughs> Corey got me right up to the desk. So shout out Corey, by the way. Awesome. But the the equipment was a little bit of a hassle, but it worked out in my favor because checking the equipment, she actually since I had so much and it was they had computer issues. She upgraded my seat. I was supposed to be in an aisle seat, and she got me in an exit row with plenty of leg room. So. Shout out Ooh. that lady as well. Did you tell her it was your first time? I, I believe I did. Yeah, oh, that, I now that's so. a play. Now okay. that might be a nice play if you're trying to look for a seat upgrade as well. Did she say, oh, that's she, so sweet. She felt bad because they, they had the computer issue. She was, she was like, I'll get you a, a better seat right now. I, I can think of a few things that are more intimidating than the first time you fly, uh, especially if you're an adult. In that situation, there's not like a parent or a guardian. First time I flew, I was 14 or 15. And my mom, for my birthday, got us. We were going to Atlanta anyways to see her sister and my cousins. And we flew to Atlanta, which is like a 35-minute flight. (laughs) But just to get me airborne for the first time ever, bought me a plane ticket. But my mom was there to walk me through security and do all that for the first time. Let's get you through security. How was was it going through security? Once I was through that, it was pretty smooth. Let's not get through it yet. How going through it? It was smooth. I I had no trouble. No, no trouble at all. You just act like you knew what you were doing? I love how Dylan said, once I got through that, it was smooth. Once I got through that, I just I blew through it because there was no no problems. Did you just watch people in front of you and see what they were doing? Pretty Copy much. Follow them. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. You take were your you jacket worried? off or Follow leave it on? Were you worried about going to the uh, the wrong terminal or? 
No, just because Corey pulled up right. Corey made this very easy. Oh, so he basically. held your hand. Corey, Corey, yeah. Corey. He held your hand. How many beers did you have on the other side of security before you got on the flight to ease your nerves? None there. None there. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, so they bored I'm the laughing at, at Dylan, like, you know, not knowing what to do in security and taking all his pants off <laughs> completely. <laughs> no, just so walking through I an underwear. Going, I was close. So oh, far, I, thought, I thought my trousers so had to be off, This is not too. producing a lot of fruit. Well, we I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated Excuse by it. Excuse me, ma'am. You didn't take your pants off when you walked through security. <laughs> I, uh, I grew up. I, I can't, I can't yeah. tell you uh, what age I flew for the first time because my grandfather built two different air, uh, Taylorcraft airplanes and flew them at the family farm um, out in Morrison. Crop, crop, crop uh, dusting, though. No, not crop dusting. Like he just he was he a, likes to fly. Uh, he was in the navy and he loves flying and and built two, um, had his pilot's license and then wasn't allowed to renew his pilot's license due to a heart condition. Flew anyway, and <laughs> um, and it would land in the middle of a cornfield. They had an airstrip in the middle of a cornfield that they would awesome. uh, mow um, strategically and meticulously, like a baseball field. And uh, he and his brothers all had airplanes at the hangar and this farm, and they they took off so. I would always Something fly about with Navy them. men. My dad was in the Navy, also had his pilot's license. I would have thought there would have been more about ships. I, I would always fly. Well, they like to land the planes on the and, ship. That and is also so the I've got a horror story, that, not a horror story, one that, would, that kept me from wanting to fly with him again. And I'll explain that, but I want to see if Dylan faced it. Any turbulence, anything like that? Well, hold on. Did off. you listen carefully to the safety instructions? Since I was in the exit row, I felt a little bit obligated to. I felt like I was the overseer of everyone's well-being yeah. on the plane. You know, did you read? You were basically Batman on this flight. You were the vigilante. I, that I was, was a save superhero. Did you also read the instructions? Skimmed over it. Skimmed it. The door seemed pretty easy to open. I didn't. Think yeah, you, you gave it a look. <laughs> you saw the handle. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's thinking, man, if this is my first flight and it's going down, I, I don't stand a chance. Okay, now to and any turbulence, so no turbulence or the takeoff. What coming, were you thinking? Coming into LA, it was it was a bit windy that day, so there was a little turbulence. Right, we were over the Catalina Mountains, which was my favorite part. Shout out, oh. Step Brothers. That's yeah, wine mixer. Smooth. Yeah. Did you feel uh, but, Catalina uh, wine mixer? <laughs> were you aware of the ding at ten thousand feet? Did you hear the ding? I didn't hear it. No. Oh. That allows you to uh, get out the laptops. You bring your laptop. You. Uh, I did on the uh, on the flight bad there. Move. You did you, go right did you to fall asleep? Like I feel like you're very <laughs> low key for your first flight at 23 it, years because old. Because it it wasn't a it wasn't really a big deal to me. Just because I'd always wanted to fly, I just never had a reason to go that far before. But the flight back, I did sleep quite a bit. Oh, there, okay. there was a crying yeah. baby you on the flight back, so uh, that was. Oh, that so you, were you yeah. tempted to suffocate that child? For a slight second, as soon as I, once I got my <laughs> let me, bearings. Let me tell you something up. about the crying baby. As someone who's had a crying baby on a flight before, it's way worse for the parent <laughs> with the crying yeah. baby because oh yeah. you feel everyone else's anger yeah. towards you and the baby also, and, and you're the one trying to stop for it, a, for and three it's not and a, happening. For a three-and-a-half-hour flight, it was only ten minutes of crying, so it wasn't. It could have been much worse. Did you know they served peanuts? Or in I didn't get I got the little uh, the cookies. What peanut I, allergies oh, yeah. are yeah. a thing now, huh? and they they don't serve peanuts. Oh, they don't have often. peanuts. You're right. They it's have often. the the trail Pretzels mix or whatever it is. Mix. Yeah. Well, uh, Dylan, I'm I'm glad you, you have experienced any beers? this. Are you? Um, you have any beers? They didn't offer any on my on the flight. Yeah, Did you they, look out the window? I know you had the aisle seat. Uh, airlines oh, yeah. just now started offering drinks again, like uh, a week ago. Yeah. For the first time, alcoholic drinks. Chad knows this. So I, I follow Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I follow that scene on Twitter. So I saw. So I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not scared of flying let me set this up so my grandfather was uh so confident in his plane that he would stall the engine and then crank it back up mid-flight and Just so for fun and, and he would kind of like my dad my dad growing up would act like he was turning the steering wheel but it wouldn't turn 
You know, like uh, with his hands, he would yeah. go and he was like, oh, the car won't turn, you know, just to mess with us. We like, oh, you know, but uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was funny. It, it, oh, we're all going to die. Oh, I, I'm just I, kidding. I, yeah. But but um, uh, Papa would uh, stall the engine and just look over at us and be like, oh, no, like the propeller stopped. <laughs> God. And you're looking at your what you're a just, sense of humor. You don't high even the you, you don't. I mean, we're I mean, we're death five thousand <laughs> yeah. feet death, off. Death and, high. Yeah, yeah. You fall, you're dying, and um, you know you're you're just coasting. It doesn't drop. It you just coast, Blood. and you see the propeller just stuck in one. And you're like, oh, what is <laughs> what is going on? And then he's able to maneuver the wing to drop you like five feet, and it gives you that roller coaster feeling. And then he cranks it back up, and you're off. You take off again, and he got. You know, we had the headset on. He can laugh in your ear, and you get the you can hear him. He's just you know giggling. My brother loved it, and I was just terrified Not from so that moment on. I just refused to fly with him because I didn't older want him to or do younger, it. Younger, your brother. Uh, younger, and he would he would uh, you know he he got a thrill out of it, and and I would do it. I, so so I, I did it again. I went on the second flight with him, and this I was probably fifth or sixth grade. Second flight with him, he's like, I'm not going to do it to you. Sure enough, <laughs> did it again. Fool me twice. And, um, yeah, I, just, this I is, wouldn't go back um, up in the air with him. This story that you're telling us, this is what I would call a legitimate fear <laughs> that anyone would have if they were with someone and oh, they no. played a joke like so that. So your first time on a commercial I, I would, flight I would be afraid that, of. did you have some trepidation? No. I mean, the, the, the pilot's not stopping. He's not stalling yeah. the engine. No, hey, guys, look just... what I can do. Oh, we're having some <laughs> problems in the engine. You must have never been on Spirit Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Legion Air. Um, that's a crazy uh, story. And that's... That sense of humor from our grandparents' generation to do things like that to kids, yeah. I feel like that lessened with our parents' generation and, and now, now our gone. generation of parents oh, I mean, he would, would never do that to a child. He would, uh, and that said, but that's something my granddad would do. I mean, know, we, like, oh, we, this is hilarious. We rolled, uh, you know, he, he had a motorcycle we would take off on. I love that because he, he would fly through these little town roads. He would take, he would take me to elementary school uh, and drop me off on the, on the, motorcycle that he had he also he, he did not want to go he, he wanted to go zero to 60 right so he would he would say gouge on it and that meant just floor it and when you when you floor it with him you know your head's bad he wanted the rush of hearing the engine a little bit this and is, in some cases not hearing the engine while this flying. is uh this is what i would call grew up in the great depression sense of humor comedy yeah, that's, so that's Dylan, the only way you can have that and you can hear the plane coming so if uh we were at the family uh, my my family farm if you heard the plane circling he expected you to come out and wave at him, and, and he would continue to circle until you came out and waved at him, and then that was almost like a house check. Like uh, I, we would, uh, we were allowed to stay home alone while my parents were working, and we had chores and stuff. But I guess they were, my grandparents were supposed to come over and check on us, and sometimes he would just fly around. <laughs> and, that was his check. Until we came out, we're like, yeah, we're here. You know, we're you know, bed check time or whatever it might be. Dylan, what's on your next uh, list of firsts with this this crossed off? What would you next I've, like to do? I honestly don't know. Butt chugging? Yeah. <laughs> Tour de France? Yeah, yeah, Chad can arrange that. That's yeah. the natural progression. I know a guy. Yeah. I know a fraternity. Yeah, that can yeah what else up. have you not done? Like, uh, as far as travel. I've done it all now. <laughs> he said no trains. No trains. That's I, u that's usually ahead of planes in the progression. Subway? I feel like, I feel like now trains would be... Well, you haven't, nothing. You haven't been to New York, right? You have been to New York. You've been to New York, but you didn't fly. Mm -mm. You drove to New York? It was a senior class trip in high school, so it was on a bus. That was the longest oh, ride. Been on the subway? No, not oh, when we were I'll, there. I'll get you on a subway. Went to Chinatown, but got some, <laughs> got some fake Ray-Ban sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> haven't we all?
Chad, you can't lose those. those. Did you just take a like a tour bus around New York while you were there? When we were there, okay. yeah. But we we did the whole experience up to uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, through Washington D.C., New York, all the all the kids living the Reed, uh, all the hot spots. Hershey, PA. How old were you, Reed, when you flew for the first time? Do you remember? Still out of Spring Hill, 18? 18. Anyone go? anyone older than eighteen when you flew for the first time? Asking the staff. I mean. Um, at some point, uh, Jacob, you know, uh, Jacob. Look at all these spoiled brats that we're staring at Jacob right now. Wants oh, you no, to that was Jacob, two when I flew. Jacob wants you to define flying. Yeah, well, he, 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 would, he would hide in carry-ons, I'm sure. <laughs> He'd be carried on to the luggage, the luggage rack. Tyler's saying uh, we flew to the, the south of France every summer. What are you talking about? Yeah. Starting at four. Dylan, congratulations on the, uh, the life experience. I'm, I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad Outkick and Fox could, could supply you with this. And um, here's to the next trip where... You actually get to fly with us. I guess next I'm looking to fly the plane would be the next. <laughs> I'll ask when I go. We'll get you some wings. And then uh, and then in our next edition of Talking with Dylan, we'll discuss our night with Matt Leinert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jamie, Jamie Foxx. And Jamie Foxx. That was another experience. My new best friend, Jamie. Got to have and Jimmy Iving. I missed that one. <laughs> Jimmy Iving, T.O. That's right. It's a big night. It's a star-studded night. Logan Paul. Logan Paul. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Coming up, Bobby Carpenter, uh, well-traveled man. Bobby Carpenter about to join us. We'll get into uh, the Aaron Rodgers saga and what the Packers should be thinking as they go through this yet again for another offseason. Hopefully, a decision coming soon. And by soon, we, we mean really soon. Uh, so we can have some finality to what's going to happen this offseason instead of dragging this out. We'll also discuss... The combine. He's no stranger to those workouts. And I'm, I'm curious to get Bobby's take on the, the agents earlier this week. Aside from the COVID protocol, the NFLPA has long said they're not for the NFL combine based on the rules and regulations as they're set right now because they don't represent those players yet. Um, we'll get Bobby's take on the fact that it's now a made-for-TV event and the profit being made and the fact that they're relying on the players working out in order to make that TV product a huge success. Bobby Carpenter from OutKick.com, next on OutKick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. The Packers have to make some massive contract decisions, not just on Aaron Rodgers, but on current players under contract, no matter if Rodgers returns or not. We'll get into that with Bobby Carpenter momentarily. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Uh, Paul, did you ever tell us when you flew for the first time? What age? I think I was six or seven. Yeah, so... Going, uh, uh, where'd you go? From Cleveland to New Jersey and back. I and, don't know uh, which way you started. You flew in for uh, the deer hunter? That, that might have been it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was about your age, right? Yeah. Your big role? My big role? They pay for the flight. I wonder if they, did they pay for the flight? They did. <laughs> Bobby Carpenter joins us from Outkick.com, uh, college football uh, analyst and uh, just football analyst in general. We're going to hit NFL and college topics uh, with him weekly. Bobby, hope you're doing well. Happy Friday to you, man. 
Oh, happy Friday. Happy Friday, gentlemen. Just, uh, yeah, man, enjoying a little bit of sports in this, uh, this crazy time and crazy world we're living in. You following the, the Aaron Rodgers Packers saga, for lack of a better word, as closely as we are uh, and, and kind of the ripple effect it would create a massive one if, in fact, he doesn't return to Green Bay. But, I mean, Green Bay's got a ripple effect no matter what because of contract situations with him, with Devontae Adams, and with players currently on their roster, they're going to have to make room for, to, to get into the cap. So if you look at Green Bay where they're at right now, like you said, they, they kind of pushed everything in. They changed Aaron's contract structure, so they have a massive cap hit with him. They have Devontae Adams, who is unsigned, or I guess doesn't have a deal currently right now. And so they have a you know the franchise tag looming out there. I don't think they want to use that with him. Not with the belief either – you know, Aaron and Devontae both come back or neither of them do. Because if you look at everyone else, they, they have a contract issue all up and down the board with a number of their players on both sides of the ball. And so they've got to start figuring out, we've got to restructure some of this. And some of that's going to be maybe releasing some guys, some cap casualties. But they're going to have to ultimately make the decision is, okay, if Aaron Rodgers is coming back, we're going to push all our chips in for the next two years. And we're going to push out a lot of pain and push out a lot of, you know, a lot of turmoil that is going to be caused by trying to jam basically credit card spending on the salary cap will jam a lot of dollars into future years to make sure we can make it fit. And if Aaron doesn't come back, it's like, okay, well, we can start cutting some of these guys. We can move on with them from them. But if not, they've got to know that soon. Cause you have to think, gentlemen, we're, we're sitting here a couple weeks out of free agency. They they've got, you know, maybe a, one or two contracts, I believe restructured, but there's probably about seven or eight that they're going to have to get done. And that's no easy task when you factor in then what they're going to have to do with Aaron's contract and trying to work out a long-term deal with Devontae Adams because I don't think they want to franchise him given it would be around $18.5 million number that would all hit this season. You talked about structure in Tampa Bay um, in one of your videos as a factor for Tom Brady. Do you think there wasn't enough structure in Tampa Bay for him ultimately and that that was a factor in what he decided to do? Well, you know, I think he, he first of all, when you're with Belichick, there's a ton of structure. I mean, it's it's the most regimented organization in all of pro sports, at least to my knowledge. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. It's nothing like anywhere else in the NFL. And I think the NFL is probably the most structured league of the four major sports here in America. And so I think after 20 years, he was probably sick and tired a little bit of going in and, you know, Bill Belichick beating on him every day, having all that stuff happen and just all it was regimented. It's very, very difficult. It kind of wears on you emotionally. 20 years is a long time to be in any place. And so you go to Tampa, you have Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is the fun dad. Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We've got a lot of great players. We're in Tampa Bay. It's warm. It's nice. And we're not going to have that same level of discipline. And Tom's fine with it because he's highly disciplined. And in year one, I think everybody was focused. They were able to get it together. You go win a Super Bowl. Well, then you win that Super Bowl. He's used to Bill Belichick coming in. They're stripping everything down again. And they're starting from where they were at because Tom knows how hard it is to repeat. They were the last team to do it. And it's virtually impossible now because it hasn't happened for 20 years. And so he realizes that's that need to happen. He looked this year, and I guarantee you a lot of guys are probably still in there feeling themselves, hey, we're really good. We'll just get back here again. We have Tom Brady as our quarterback. And Bruce Arians wasn't the guy that was cracking the whip on it. So it was all of that was forced onto Tom. 
And so when it was, all that was pushed onto him, I, I think probably it, it began to wear on him a little bit, thinking like, okay, we, you know, we need more than this, guys, and we need a little bit more discipline. And, you know, he was part of the you know reason Antonio Brown was there, and obviously he had some issues. But, you know, when, when you look at everything and factor all that in, I mean, my goodness, I think just this year probably the loosey-goosey nature of, hey, we're defending champs, we'll do it again, not realizing what Tom did, who had won – you know, six other ones, how difficult it is to get back there. So I do think that that weared on him, wore on him as the season probably went on. And who knows, he may end up coming back. We'll see kind of how that plays out. But I think if he does, it'll probably be someplace with a little bit more structure. Bobby, I watched your latest uh, Carps Corner, and uh, I, I agreed with you on this. It's something we talked about. With the Juwan Howard incident, how it suddenly became a referendum on the handshake line after a game, and we should just do away with that because this incident happened. And you talked about how we've done nothing but lower expectations uh, in this generation. Tell us about that and where your mind immediately went when you saw Juwan Howard slap the assistant coach for Wisconsin. Well, uh, I saw that and I was almost—I almost couldn't believe it. And listen, you know, gentlemen, you guys are you know my age, maybe even a little older, younger. We're around the same age, and so I remember watching some of those classic Big East mat- battles when I was really young, and people were intense. They're going back and forth. But, you know, that, that era has kind of changed a little bit. And, you know, for John Howard to reach over top and then claim self-defense, I mean, he had two or three coaches in front of him, tries to slap, you know, a coach. And, it, it, frankly, it, it was kind of embarrassing because it wasn't even a good punch. It was, it was your classic basketball punch, kind of an open-hand grab. You know, I mean, the one thing I will say, you know, if you sit there and look at, you know, Steven Jackson, you know, his uh, his punch, you know, in the mouse in the palace, I mean, that thing is a right cross and he – puts it right across his face. I mean, it was, it was a nice shot. So at least he had that going for him. But all of a sudden then we talk about, well, you know, sportsmanship and the, and the post-game handshake, that's antiquated. Like, we, Why are we still even doing this? And, you know, there's people, you know, across the sports landscape that have kind of thrown that out there. And I'm thinking, okay, this is what we've done. Now, like, everybody's getting a trophy because we couldn't have any losers anymore. And, you know, well, the, these criteria are too high for people, so we'll lower those down. And now it's literally the point where you have a 50-year-old man who is a multi-millionaire, incredibly successful, coaching his alma mater, and because he couldn't, he couldn't keep his composure until he got to the locker room, now all of a sudden we're going to do away with the handshake line? Like, that's the problem? I mean, we've raised a generation of feckless human beings who can't handle any type of criticism because anytime they fail at something, we're like, you know what? It's too hard. This wasn't your fault. This was the problem with how we were supposed to handle ourselves or the test or the game or the rule or whatever it might have been. I sit here and it was unbelievable to watch this and people that were kind of supporting it. And like, we're asking people to compete and go shake hands. You ever watch like a UFC fight or wrestling meet guys who go at each other in an incredibly intense way, you know, physical contact, hammer on each other, some of the most violent things you'll see. And then at the end, they shake hands. They can at least respect. You may not like the person, but you can at least respect what you're doing enough to support the activity and respect the person you're going against. Even if you don't care for them, you shake hands and it's all well and good. And like, we're trying to just say now, well, that's, that's too hard. We can't shake hands anymore, guys. Cause you know what? That, that's requiring people to act like adults, to take accountability for their actions and to sit there after a hard fought contest and not be able to decouple that from real life. Like that, that is where we've gone as a society now. And we're only handicapping 
the next generation to be able to deal with like real problems as opposed to controlling yourself for two minutes after a game. Bobby Carpenter, our guest. Bobby, uh, maybe growing up in, in Lancaster, um, in Columbus, maybe in Dallas, best fight you witnessed it behind the scenes. Was there anything between two coaches, two players? Um, but what, what comes to mind? Oh goodness. I mean, best fight. Like the, there was always some good scuffles in the locker room, uh, but nothing like usually it just goes in a little bit of grabbing. I have never seen guys throw like close fist punches. And in football, like if you're fighting at practice, anybody's going to throw a close fist punch. I mean, you're, you're an idiot because they've got a helmet on. The only thing that's going to happen is you're going to break your hand. And so I'm like racking my brain, you know, trying to think usually it's just a lot of face mask grabbing, you know, guys, you get exhausted, you get pulled apart. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you're, you're good. And, uh, gosh, out for the life of me, so like, I've watched coaches go, I've watched coaches the, go out. Now, never anything physical. The best fights I ever witnessed growing up were middle school and high school girls fighting. <laughs> I mean, there was one that took he place. He saw it up close. He was in a girls basketball. No, pains. there was one that took place in a Sonic parking lot that was straight out of a prison flick uh, where a girl was bashing a girl's head up against the sidewalk and we had to stop her. I mean, it was to the death, the, these fights, when girls would get involved. It was incredible to watch. Oh, <laughs> that death I was amazing. Was there. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, the girl's fine. Now, gonna... so right. <laughs> Should have seen the blood, Bobby. Yeah, there, was a lot of, there was a lot of blood, but it was, yeah, it was, it was fun to watch the time. It's like, okay, hey, let's separate them now. Bobby, we yeah, uh, if you're gonna, the, 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 oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, if you're going to go there, I mean, yeah, the lunches and the, the, the fights oh, in the lunchroom, usually over a dude, I mean. Yeah, I mean, you get girls like I watched a girl dragging another one down the hallway, like <laughs> by her hair. I mean, it's it was some intense stuff. The dudes never really will get fully that dirty, and they never really want to go all the way. It's it's the women that there's a lot of emotion there, and they're going to really bring the pain, and they do not care what is about to happen. And it's also so much more dramatic because they immediately go for the hair when there's girls oh, fighting. Yeah. Like their first reaction is they're going to grab a lump of hair, so that head is going everywhere when they're throwing punches with the other hand. Uh, it just looks so much cooler. I went to school in civilization, unlike you guys. No. Well, there were no fights. fights. <laughs> yeah. Shocking. Uh, says the man who was punched at a concert. Yeah. Paul went to a high school, where, school. Where, where no one fought each other, yeah. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Pleasantville, USA. Yeah. Um, Bobby, I, I, uh, the first like full-fledged fight, like pro fight that I watched or witnessed, Paul, I believe uh, you, you were certainly there. It was fellow Buckeye Donnie Nicky and Vince Young. And... They, uh, it, it was in the practice bubble, and Vince came at Donnie. I don't know what we would call this. It was like a flying karate swan-like move where he jumped and put his arms out and then tried to kick him in the chest. And then, yeah, and then, um, and of course, Donnie uh, retaliated as Donnie Nicky was known to do. Um, that, that was the legitimate practice fight as things got a little heated that day. So... I played with Donnie. Donnie was a senior on our O2 National Championship team. You know, Donnie is from a, a like more ruralish area, yeah. tough dude, country dude. Uh, you know, the stories, I didn't really get to see many of these, but the stories of Donnie Nikki being able to close, you know, clear out bars like Roadhouse, I mean, that, that's that's real <laughs> stuff. So Vince Young was going at the wrong dude. I mean, oh. there's guys that's like, you know, and Donnie's a quiet guy, you know, very unassuming. And then all of a sudden, like you get inside and that, that switch, it flips over and then it's, it's no holds bar. That thing's all over. Vince, Vince definitely picked the wrong dude just because he thought he was a defensive back. And the, and the fact that Donnie was about, you know, 220, 225, it wasn't like he was a 190 pound corner. Well, speaking of picking the wrong dudes, uh, I know you said, you know, before we're 
paying attention to sports and there's crazy times in the world. The Klitschko brothers taking up arms oh. in the Ukraine. And, and this is what I think for an American audience you have to realize. This would be like Michael Jordan and Wayne Gretzky grabbing a machine gun and putting on camo and defending the United States. Because these are the biggest sports celebrities. They could be doing anything. They're millionaires. They don't have to be doing this. They could get out of the country if they wanted. They could be living in Los Angeles if they wanted. And they're there defending their home country. It's admirable. Admirable. That doesn't even do it justice saying it's admirable. I mean, those guys could be living anywhere. They could be on a private island. They could be doing whatever they want. But they're back in their country. And, like, I saw that. And I like the respect that I had for those guys, because people are like, why are they doing that? I'm like, why are they doing it? It's their country. I would hope, I would like to think, and we hearken back, and really baseball was the predominant sport. You saw a lot of college football players do it too. And you know, everyone took time off for World War II. Like, you went and served. Like, that's just what you did because you were serving American interests and trying to de- defeat a greater evil. And, and I can't imagine. Yeah, we like talked now, about earlier, Bobby, can, Ted Williams was shooting down planes as a Marine absolutely. pilot during World War II. The greatest baseball player in the world at the time. Absolutely. Like unbelievable hitter. And this guy's not saying, Hey, you know, put me in, in the back. I don't want to do this. No, he's hopping in a cockpit, flying around, putting his life on the line. The Klitschko brothers, like they're not out there for moral support. They're out there because they're able-bodied men defending the country that they love. Like that, that to me is phenomenal. Like admirable. Like I don't even, I, I don't even think you can find the words to do it justice. I would like to think that I would be able to be that brave and noble that if, there was an enemy at the gates, and they're literally, you're living in a country the size of the state of Texas, and people are surrounding you that, you know what, you're going to pick it up, and you're going to fight till the very bitter end. Like, that's what I would like to hope. I know so, I have some Ukrainian friends. They are tough folks. They have dealt with a lot of things. They've dealt with the Soviet Union and communism and everything else that goes on over there. And I'll tell you this, they don't want it to go back to that. And the Klitschko's are going to be damned, and they're going to sit there, and it's like, hey, if you want to come through, you're coming through us. Like that we're putting our life on the line. That everyone talks about life or death situations, and we throw those things around so willy nilly now and try to try to make these metaphors about sports. This is literally a life or death death situation for people who have no need to do it. They could go live anywhere other than the fact that they love their country and they don't want to see it just steamrolled over and become part of Putin's you know national expansion project. Back to college football for a second. Uh, Harbaugh got the better of Ohio State this time around, finally. But uh, I saw you suggesting that Ryan Day, nevertheless, is uh, is due for it, for his financial boost. You expecting something uh, anytime soon? Uh, you know, I think they just they started working on it. It was a little bit disappointing because when you see Mel Tucker, he got a big boost. You know, at, at uh, Michigan State, James Franklin got his extension. Jim Harbaugh, which his extension guys was laying on his desk for like three and a half weeks. I mean, well, he's you know trying to solicit other jobs and get that taken care of. And I don't know where Michigan had lost their way to the point where you, they're not proud enough to say, listen, either you sign it or you go look for another job. But we're not just going to leave this here for you. And whenever you feel like getting around to it, if everything else dries up. But now Ryan Day, I mean, who's the most accomplished out of all of those four coaches that I just mentioned, you know, with what he's been able to do. And he hasn't won a national championship yet, but he's had him in two playoffs. You know, took him up there, you know, played against Bama and got beat pretty good. But, you know, out of three years, he's been right there at the top. I mean, that's just how it works. I'm not going to sit here and say guys are 
underpaid or overpaid. The market bears what it's going to bear. And Ryan Day, you know, should be in line to become near the highest paid coach in the Big Ten. That's just basically what, you know, logic tells you. Because the reality is, if he really wanted to pursue an NFL job, you know, I've talked to NFL GMs. I've talked to a number of people. There were guys out there that said, hey, we would love to have this guy. We would love to take him. And so when you're, you're competing against that, you don't want to feel like your coach has to go get an offer and be like, hey, see right here, they want me for this. Now are you going to match it? You pay people their value. You pay them ahead of time. And what I found in this world, gentlemen, was when you do that, you usually get them at a discount because, you know what, they look at you and say, I know that you didn't need to pay me now, but you realize that I was undervalued relative to my peers. And so you bring me something. And you know what? I appreciate me not having to go beat down the door and try to justify my worth. Uh, final 60 seconds here, Bobby, and, and maybe we devote more time to it next week. What you're saying there about the coaches, I'm sure you probably don't say about some of these quarterbacks in the NFL. Kyler Murray all of a sudden is on good terms with the Bidwell family. Um, but, you know, do they give him the big extension? Probably not. He's got to do it another year. Baker Mayfield, same way. We're seeing Wentz get the money, and all of a sudden – He's, he's apparently out the door in Indy. Jared Goff, another example, although the Rams were able to trade him for an upgrade. Your, your thoughts on these quarterbacks entering some contract years or in some cases contract time is now and the dilemma teams are having across the NFL? I think what you mentioned right there, you know, once and Goff, and that's kind of the cautionary tale. You always talk about paying guys early, but you only pay the guys early if you know what you have. You know, Pat Mahomes, I think everybody knew what he was going to be. You know, uh, you look at Josh Allen, what he's been able to do. I think they knew what he was going to be. You know, there's still the verdict out a little bit. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, uh, Baker Mayfield, some of these guys who are sitting there in these positions where you know, they were drafted really high. They've played well. They've put together maybe one really good year, but then some other so-so years, maybe haven't had the playoff success you like. And the last thing you can afford to do is open up your checkbook now, pay someone $45 to $50 million a year, and then three years later, be trying to get out of it. You look at what Philly had to do, dumping once to Indy, you know, and thankfully they were able to get out of that and you know, be in a good spot. They had to move off of Goff, and they were able to get that done. But it can really, really penalize your cap for future years if you're not able to find a trade partner, find a way to dump them, and that can be very, very difficult to kind of handle. So I think as we look at this, and you see – you know, when we hear the rumblings leaking out where, you know, Murray wants 45 to $50 million. That's the, that's the Cardinal side putting it out there because when people hear that, they're like, wait, he's not, he's not Pat Mahomes. Not yet. Maybe he will be, but we're not going to sit here and pay him and overpay him early. If he wants to sign early, well, it's going to have to be at a discount. Bobby Carpenter, follow him on Twitter at bcarp3 and read his work at outkick.com and follow the YouTube channel for more. Always good to see you on the show, man. Hope, hope things go well this weekend. We'll catch up soon. Thanks. Yes, sir. Enjoy, guys. Thanks, Bobby. Bobby Carpenter there. Uh, always a great visit with him. Uh, later in today's show, Austin Price will join us. When we come back, he's bringing up coaching contracts. Nebraska is running it back, similar to a, another sport. They're running it back in basketball, similar to football. We'll explain. Trev Alberts has a style. That's Nebraska AD. We now know that style. We'll discuss if it's the right style. If, it, if it's in style, on Outkick 360.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Glad you're with us. Friday edition, Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Chad Withrow and Paul Kaharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. The entire crew making it happen. Tyler Castle, Jacob Swanson, Dylan Taylor, David Reed's the chairman of the board. Becca and Danny back at the Outkick uh, studios. Adam Brown, our production assistant, cast of thousands here. A cast of thousands. I, I saw our new Outkick headquarters oh, this I, morning. I, I just saw a video of Did Danny. See breakfast? Um, sleepy Danny is not sleeping on the job any longer because there's so much food and drink to be He doesn't want to miss th- out. To be had. I, I mean, mean, this explain explain th- this the Outkick place, headquarters. So in it's um it's in one of these, you know, shared office communities and it's the 19th floor of a building in downtown Nashville. And you walk in, and there's a nice young lady who's in the main commons area of this floor of the office. A hostess. Yeah. And she helps you with everything. She gets your Wi-Fi going, you know, asks who you are. I got me a key card for the building, you know, before and after hours, just prepping for the show. Had stuff to do early this morning, so went over there to check it out. Um, And there is, they had Chick-fil-A breakfast. Prepping for New York. They had chili. They had chili for lunch. Uh, they had a different it's breakfast. Different breakfast <laughs> no, no, no. He I, went in so early. No, Paul. He got two meals. Out. No, 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 Paul. I, I didn't. I didn't stay for lunch. They had chili for lunch the they day saw before. The menu. Yeah. Listen, please. Listening skills. They had chili the day before. Chick Fil A. I didn't see the Chick Fil A because you said it was gone in five minutes. <laughs> it's Danny. They bring Danny it out in five minutes, and they have a fridge that is just for snacks. They said they have a fridge where people bring their stuff in, and she said, "Oh, the second fridge, it's loaded with snacks, drinks, whatever you want." There's coffee makers. There's uh, juice machines. There's everything you'd want. It's really nice. It's a kitchen you want to go into, you're saying. Yes. Unlike other buildings. Any napping couches? Oh, there's plenty of spots to nap. I mean, this, it's like a full lounge. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I had like 30 different seats to too. pick from. Uh, yeah, you have to call ahead to get, to get the couch. Res- reservation? Yeah. No, no, no. This is reserved, reserved for Mr. Kuharski. Yeah, Kuharski will be here soon. <laughs> it's very nice. Um. Uh, reserved uh, coaching spaces at Nebraska are for coaches getting salary reductions and you'll take it and like it is the attitude from what we're seeing from uh, the athletic department there, Chad. So Trev Alberts, the athletic director, who's cleaning up the mess of of Bill Moose, the old athletic director who got a big paycheck to leave Nebraska. Uh, He showed this, he showed his hand with Scott Frost. Basically, you want to stay, you're taking a salary cut, your buyout's going down, and you get a prove-it year next year, and I will fire you if it doesn't work, and we're going to owe you less money. And you're going to change your staff. Take it or leave it, or we'll fire you now, and you'll change your staff. So old Trev went to Fred Hoiberg, the basketball coach. Old Fred is 21-65 and 65 as Ooh. the head coach of Nebraska. Nebraska basketball does not have a really good history. That's the three worst consecutive years in program history from a record standpoint. They are 7-20 and 20 and 1-15. and 15. In the Big Ten, dead last. Fred Hoiberg had a ton of success at Iowa State uh, as a as previous spot as a college coach. Did not have success with the Chicago Bulls, where he was fired. Goes to Fred Hoiberg and does the same thing. We're going to reduce your contract. 
we are going to lower your buyout. They would owe him $18.5 million if they fired him this year. Lower the buyout for next year, and you get a prove-it year. And I love this in the statement. This is from Trev Alberts. I've had several productive meetings with Coach Hoiberg, and we agree that the results of our team are not acceptable. <laughs> I'm glad Hoiberg agrees. But he's your, not leaving. Your performance is completely un- unacceptable, and Hoiberg agrees. No one is more disappointed or frustrated than Fred Hoiberg. It's the same statement they made with Scott Frost. Just change the name. Yeah, just change the name. <laughs> I'm very interested to see how this works out. If they come out swinging next year in football and basketball and look totally different, this is a genius move from Trev Alberts. If and not, a new plan if for not other it looks like to follow. You know, you've put both programs in neutral for a year yep. before making the decision you should have made the year before, and that's fire the coach. What would the buyout have been for Frost? A lot. I'm not exactly so, sure. So, really, it's, it's neutral or pay the massive amount in order to get them get out. out. Well, also, you've got two guys. Hoiberg's not a Nebraska grad or anything. Went to Iowa well, State. That, yeah, that's right. But Scott Frost, I get. Like, okay, I want to get this right. You I don't want to fail a alma mater. Yeah. I'll agree to this. Fred Hoiberg could have said, blow off. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing it. Yeah, Fire the, me. Pay the buyout. Yeah. Yeah. We, we suck. Fire me. Go ahead. I'll get $18.5 million. You know and, what? And go be an assistant coach for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, I don't think we're going to turn this around. Yeah. <laughs> Have you, you seen know, our record? You know, I Trev, heard about some napping couches. Trev, I've, <laughs> I've actually been meaning to talk to you about this. I, I'm really not the guy for the job. <laughs> this team doesn't listen to me. Our offense is terrible. You really we're, think we're turning we're this around? Really cold. We're 197th in offensive efficiency in the, in the country, and I'm supposedly an offensive genius. Uh, it's just not going to work. Just go ahead and pay me that 18.5. I'm How not agreeing with this contract. that conversation Hey, kudos to both guys for betting on themselves and saying, yeah, I want to stick around and prove myself, and I'll take, the, I'll take a smaller amount of money to do so. Good for them. Kudos Brad. to both. That made sense for Frost. With Hoiberg, it's just he wants to coach ball. He's not leaving. But to take the reduced pay. 20, Coming up. 21 and 65. 21 and 65. Wow. That's tough to do in a, a Power 5 conference program. 360 headlines coming up, including the massive sports weekend right here in Music City.